The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 102. General West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where I talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lamb. Say, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today we are discussing the 15th episode of Season 5, Summit. It's a gigantic gold get-together. Daniel Jackson is recruited on a mission by the Tok'ra to eliminate all the Gould system lords in one fell swoop by releasing a newly developed aerosol poison during their meeting. Disguised as the system lord Yu's personal human slave, he is tasked to wait until all the system lords gather, but the plan is jeopardized when the Gould Zap... I'm gonna trip over this name. Zapnaka. Zapakana. 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 Discovers the poison and attacks the Tok'ra's Stargate base forcing SG-1 to evacuate. Meanwhile, the conference is delayed when Osiris, who now inhabits the body of Daniel's ex-girlfriend, Sarah Gardner, requests entry to the council, catching Daniel off guard. To be continued. (laughs) (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. Exactly. My favorite thing about this episode was just the cheese factor in it. (laughs) Yeah. It was great. Just right right from the beginning. (laughs) The melodrama of the ghoul. What are your thoughts on this episode, Father? Well, of course, you know, Daniel Jackson, the one who's the moral conscience of the team, is the one who has to go wipe out the gold. Uh, And, of course, that's not going to go wrong because it's Daniel Jackson and not, Mm -hmm. you know, Jack O'Neill, who would have seen Osiris show up and, like, like punching the button as quickly as he can (laughs) to do it. You know, can we do it three (laughs) times as quick now? You know, no. um I mean, it was these. Are, this is actually a fine episode. It's, it, this is the first part of two part, and it, it really sets up kind of the drama that that gets concluded in the second part. Uh, it, it's it, it's a fine episode, you know. SG One doesn't have a lot going on except they're dealing with the the Tokra in the tunnels and stuff like that. But uh, it's not it's not bad. But of course, no one's going to recognize Daniel Jackson except bum bum bum, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was about to say, like, shouldn't every system lord recognize, like, they should have pictures up? Like, like wanted? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like they would all know who the SG team was. Yeah. And, and we should so men- many problems. And should mention, of course, we'll talk about this much more, but a very favorite bad guy is got inter- just got introduced in this episode. So, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, as uh, Baal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I like to... Uh, the wide range of all the different cultures that the Gould are pulling from. So it's fun to see that because initially it was just ancient Egypt, but they've brought in like yep. the Greeks and uh looks like you've got like some Vikings and like, like African uh, deities and mm-hmm. stuff. So Celts. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's cool that they, mm-hmm. they just came in and just took all the, all the humans cultures and ran with them. 
Something that is nice, though, is that they didn't try to do like Yahweh as a gold. No. For obvious obvious reasons <laughs> yeah. that they they skirt that line when we get to the Ori, but they, mm-hmm. they stay well enough away from it. So that's good. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that would probably be done nowadays. But mm-hmm. you know, in the early two thousands, late nineties, that was probably still too touchy of a thing to yep. try to lampoon mm-hmm. that way. Well, Phil Phil Vischer on VeggieTales even had a rule that was like Jesus would never be portrayed as uh, by a vegetable. Mm-hmm. As they were oh. doing their Bible stories and stuff, so that was a that was a hard and fast rule that he had for Veggie Tales mm-hmm. as well. That's good. Yeah. Although it, I remember as kids we extrapolated from all the Veggie Tales Bible stories and wondered how would you crucify a vegetable with no arms? This was our <laughs> seven year old seven. You can cut this if you want. Our seven year old brains. <laughs> And you can hear, listen to the secrets of Veggie Tales. No, we don't have that. We yeah. probably won't. <laughs> Anyways, what are your thoughts on this episode, Lisa? Uh, I like this one. It's very like classic SG one. It's it's uh, you got all of the season. I would say the best of season three and four, where you have the over the top ghouls with all the cheesy costumes <laughs> and like arrogance and they just bombard you with that. And then on top of that, you got the, the Tokra, which we've loved to hate on for yeah. a couple of seasons now <laughs> for obvious reasons. You get Jaffa, you get, um, there's fighting, there's spaceships. I mean, it just, I feel like it's, it's like they put like everything they've been holding out on season five for this. They just stuck it all in one plus two episodes. And, mm-hmm. um, so for that yeah. reason, it's just kind of fun. It's, and it's very much um, plot driven. Like yep. this sets up so much of next season that um, I don't know. I, it's almost like nostalgia since we haven't had so much of the fun cheesy gold for a while. Well, and don't forget, you got the 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 Martooth Sam ship yes. by extension too. That's so, right. yep. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've got to bring all of that psychological drama for Sam back up in the hole that that like the Jolinar and her loves Martooth who's now dead but not but his memories are held on in a symbiote that's in stasis that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then the symbiote ends up in a Lieutenant Elliot right saw in right. proving ground so in somebody yep. else so it's it's yep, you know very SG one. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like a lot of season five, um, I know I mentioned this on a previous episode, but it almost started reminding me of the X-Files because it was focused very much on the government espionage and the NID and keeping the secrets from the public and a lot of like down-to-earth, literally-based mm-hmm. plots. And so it's nice to get like, just go full space opera. Well, it's, it is kind of funny where we commented on, you know, one episode where you see the, they completely use the death glider scenes from the first children of the gods yeah because they were saving money for these two episodes for this episode and the next episode we'll talk about in next in the next podcast episode but it's like they save all the money for that yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) they just go all out and the cgi at this point has gotten really good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all the space shots are awesome yeah again you know for 2000 2001 which is when this came out i mean it's really good 2000, mm-hmm. 2001, that era, this is, they, they've really improved the, the CGI for television CGI. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Victor? Yeah. I mean, it's, 
I think this in the next episode, it doesn't really feel like they had enough for two full episodes. It's it's kind of, in my mind, kind of like a 1.25 part episode. <laughs> but this first episode is really good. You could kind of tell when they're doing like the previously on Stargate and they're covering like so much ground. They're covering like the real, you know, the shape shifting or the, you know, mm-hmm. not, they don't shape shift, but, you know, the psychologically adaptive um, aliens, a lot about the Tok'ra, the 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 Gould, uh, you know, setting up that there's a new Gould. And even before the credits roll, we don't see any SG-1. We just see Osiris and Zipkata talking about, we say like, his name is Anubis. And so we learn like the yeah. name of the mm-hmm. new big bad. And so it's very rare that we would have like um, a pre-credit sequence with, with no members of SG-1 in it. Um, just these two up till this point, you know, minor characters. So, and then it starts off and it moves very quickly. You know, we're, we're in the SGC, you know, Daniel's debating whether or not he wants to, you know, release a biological weapon on the Gould. And he says, no, I'm going to do it. And then they, um, you know, then they're in the Tok'ra base, then they're in the shuttle, then they're in Yu's house. And then, you know, they're on the space station, which is a really cool, you know, Gould looking space station. And then they just kind of get get stuck there you know and the, walking in and out of this meeting room for the next episode and a half and talking on cb radios or something it's a lot of like daniel sneaks out and i'm like gosh these slaves have a lot of alone time if he could just like sneak out and talk to jacob you know on on his little radio whenever he wants to but um but yeah and then you know obviously obviously we, we talked about how the ghoul attack the tokra base and there's lots of excitement there and stuff so mm-hmm. I think they're they're slaves in kind of like the old world, like Roman sense, where like Roman senators yeah. would have like their trusted slave who they didn't get paid and they were loyal to their master, but they were more like their like secretary slash housekeeper mm-hmm. slash bodyguard, like all rolled into one. So I think that's definitely what they were going for. Mm-hmm. They, they still have a lot of personal time, though, even for like a modern like <laughs> day chiefs of staff, like they wouldn't have that much time alone. It'd be like, you know bring me more tea, you know, I, I need you by here in case I need more tea or in case, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. Uh, and this, this is, a, you know, a, a situation of slavery, not like we're familiar with here in the United States and you hear of slavery back in the, the 1700s, 1800s. This is very different from that. This is more of the slave was as much a part of your home as your family was, is more what this is. Now, pile on that, the gold who they don't have family. And their home is themselves. But if you had a trusted slave, you would really trust them. You know, you mm-hmm. knew they were your major domos, another term you might, you know, you might use for this. So, yeah. So for, for a slave to be able to go away from his master and, you know, do things like, say, radio into the Tok'ra, yeah, that, that wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Well, and- you as an ancient Gould, so maybe he just needs a lot of time in the sarcophagus or sleeping or something. Yeah. And and we've heard before that you is very partial to humanity. He's the one who really helped mm-hmm. humans advance in his when he was, you know, in charge on, on Earth mm-hmm. and stuff. So and it's yeah. It's it's te- yeah. you know, and the way the vote goes and stuff later on, you know, it's kind of telling too. So yeah. mm-hmm. he's the most benevolent, malevolent Gould. Yeah. <laughs> he actually is. That's the funny part. He actually is. Yeah. <laughs> Of the, of the bad guys, he's the good guy of the bad guys. There yes. <laughs> but yeah, going back to uh, like the whole plan, I mean, you can hand wave it because it's TV, but 
sending Daniel in looking like Daniel. Like they don't even try to disguise him or mm-hmm. put like a mustache on him or anything. It's just <laughs> well, well, they, they use the I mean, lieutenant. They use the lieutenant Tyler poison to mm-hmm. disguise yeah. him as the actual chief slave of you, mm-hmm. Jaron. Um, and Jared. it just yeah, yeah. And it, it's well, like who yeah. are you stab oh yes of course you are my chief slave <laughs> give me some tea okay yeah. well we saw how well it worked with lieutenant tyler right they all swore yeah. <laughs> up and down he existed so yeah, yeah. and I, I have questions about how that real poison works too did they program it so like anybody who gets jabbed with it thinks he looks like jaron or just Apparently thinks he looks like someone. So. Or, or just it's like power like, of suggestion, right? Like you stab them and it makes them. Yeah. You just Whatever say you something. say next. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm I, think, I think that's more likely. I think that's yeah. more likely as we see in the second part that it, it works on people yeah. that wouldn't know who Jaron was. Um, so I, I think that's more likely. It was more suggestion of, oh, yes, master you. I am your, you know, your servant, Jaron. Yes, of course you are. Pour me some tea, you know that kind of thing. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Who's that Jared? makes me wonder. Yeah, that's what these yeah. says. Like what? That makes me wonder though. Uh, what happens if you poke someone with it and then tell them that you're them? Does it cause them to have like an existential <laughs> meltdown or something? Yeah, because <laughs> they'll really believe it. He could have said I'm you, right? So I just love that it was a it was a needle sticking out of a ring, and he yeah. just he's like you know of course Jacob is like don't stab yourself, and I'm thinking. Well, if you turn it in, because he kept turning it in, right? You're gonna you're gonna stab yourself. If you turn it out, you're gonna catch it on something. I don't know. Well, they, like, they show it where yeah. the ring is like doesn't have the pointy thing out yeah. until he stabs, too. So it's not like Maybe it's, it's like always pressure there. activated. Yeah, it just reminded <laughs> I mean, me of the uh, the Gom Jabbar from Dune. Oh, I was I was thinking of the blood test things. You know, like when you take your blood test, oh, yeah, where it prickle. pokes you. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like it doesn't yeah. stick out until you push down, and then it snaps. Maybe that's what the ring is. Well, and then Jacob's like, don't stab yourself. And I'm like thinking, this is Daniel Jackson. Like, he's going <laughs> to. Well, now I'm going to stab myself. because he's. <laughs> I'm going to play with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do like Jacob's answer. And uh, he's like, why? And Jacob's like, actually, I don't know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, Just can't but you good. can tell it's like, they're like, oh, we need Daniel to go to a, in the writer's room. You know, we need, we need Daniel to go to a symposium of the ghoul. And it's like, well, won't at least one of them recognize him? It's like, oh, yeah. Well, what have we got? Oh, we got the real poison or something. So I like how they, they make that callback so you know, if kind you, of solve that problem. If mm. you poke yourself and whoever speaks to you next says you're a chicken, are you going to start doing the chicken dance? Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more they could have done with the real poison yeah. than, uh, than, than, than they did. Yeah. Like, why not just pump that into the into the conference room and then tell them they're all like snails or something. <laughs> I'm well, just no, glad they I, brought back some, you know, we have all these, all this technology and cool stuff that we never see again. So it was kind of like, it was nice to see them bring it back and say, Oh yeah, I remember mm-hmm. this. And there it might've been something where there still need to be that physical contact. Cause that was the issue in the original episode. Was, yeah. Yeah. They, they were touched by this alien and that chemical was put on them and that's how mm-hmm. they, they even- absorbed. Frazier, remember, she touched the jacket through the plastic and yeah, and got yeah, it. True. So there needed to be that physical contact. It couldn't be airborne. Yeah. 
I just love that it was Jacob Carter that shows up, but he's like, this is what's happening. And then, you know, O'Neill's like, I think there's something you're not telling us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and then Jacob's like, yeah, we're going to totally wipe, we're going to wipe out the ghoul. So now's the time to do it. We're going to do it with a chemical weapon. Mm-hmm. What what I did like about that scene with Jacob and, and Jack was it was uh, a callback to, you know, the, the episode at the beginning of the season where they have their, no, which season, where they have their ghouled mothership mm-hmm. and they're walking mm-hmm. through the corridors and they're, you know, discussing and Jack's taking issue with the Tokra and Jacob's trying to explain it and they're just walking <laughs> down and it's like a single take of them walking through the corridors. Yeah. We get that only in the Tokra tunnels. Now we get the two of them walking with a lot of stuff happening in the background and debating the ethics of the plan or, you know, how well it's going to work mm-hmm. and stuff. And then I, I do like when uh, Jack takes a wrong turn down the tunnel and then has to turn and come <laughs> and Jacob just doesn't stop talking. He's just walking <laughs> still towards the camera talking. And Jack, has I, to I have a feeling up. that was that was Richard Dean Anderson just Probably. wanting to throw something in there just because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. Seems like the kind of thing he would do. Mm-hmm. Now, now we sh- we should have mentioned the important part is we do have a, a red shirt. <laughs> Lieutenant oh, yeah. Elliot gets his first mission. Now he's oh, lieutenant. Yeah. He's actually been promoted already. That's that's pretty quick. I thought usually took a little longer than that, but uh, no, actually lieutenant right out of academy. But um, you know he gets his first mission and he's mm-hmm. the red shirt. Yep. But well, doesn't he survive longer than anyone else on his team? He does. Yeah, well, we'll much. talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about the second episode, <laughs> yeah. but yes, the he does. <laughs> more or less. But um yeah, no, and so yeah, it's his first mission. He's excited yeah. to to explore the Toker base. He's kind of into like when they're talking about all the different tunnel crystals and stuff, and he invites Jack to stay and listen to the lecture and that, that was actually to, funny yeah. where yeah. Jack's like, <laughs> Really exciting, isn't it? And of course, he's totally sarcastic. And Lieutenant is, oh, this is great. <laughs> this yeah, works this way. Yeah, this is awesome. He's like, take literally taking notes. <laughs> and then Jack's like, I gotta go wait with Teal while we wait. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's yeah. kind of like the uh, I gotta go to the do the thing at the place with mm-hmm. the people. You understand? Yeah. 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 Our women say like, I gotta wash my hair. Like, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many times do they need to wash their hair? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved his enthusiasm, though. That was fun to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It's, it's sad based on what happens later on, but. It, well, we'll discuss this. I have my own theories, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Stay no. tuned we'll, for next week. We'll touch week. on that. <laughs> yeah. Next week. <laughs> yeah. And we get introduced to Baal, and I like his, uh, his goatee. Got that going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Strong, strong vibes of like Aries from Hercules, the legendary journeys. You know, you have a. An Australian or, or a, you know, an actor, actor playing a evil god wearing a goatee. So I guess he would be like, I mean, he was, Baal was a god in a bunch of different cultures, but kind of like, was he Babylonian originally? Yeah. I honestly don't. Yep. Okay. In the, yeah. And the, sh- yeah. And the show definitely, I think they've mentioned him. Have they mentioned him before? No, they, they haven't. Mentioned- okay. Maybe okay. in passing once, but yeah. you know, in the real world, yeah. Baal yeah. was, was a Babylonian god that the, Israelites kept getting tempted by because he was the big, big God of the, the, the area that they were in. But, um, but yeah, this is this, this character that just been introduced is one that he, we will see him many, many times again. And he Mm -hmm. actually does become a fan favorite because, uh, the actor is one of those that just plays him so well, but he's bad. 
Oh yeah, oh, yeah he is bad. He, yeah, he never not, don't yeah. don't get your hopes up that he's going to become like the next. He's not. You. No, he, he's Look. he's he is he's the the bad guy that's loved. Yeah, he's not the bad guy that reformed. No, right. <laughs> he does some pretty nice. bad things. <laughs> so he's like Goldicott a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 actually, that's of, yeah. a good comparison. That's a very good comparison with similar similar characters where they're still bad guys. They're sympathetic bad guys, mm-hmm. but they're bad guys. Nice. <laughs> that's not that. This isn't Wreck It Ralph, where you're a bad guy, but you're not a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'll be good to see a Gould with a bit more depth than uh, mm-hmm. some of the previous <laughs> ones have had. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that he necessarily has more depth. I don't. Maybe not depth. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. He gets more depth. Off. I mean, he he yeah. gets like I said, he gets to be a little bit more sympathetic. That doesn't mean we. Yeah. We, more we dynamic like him. than yeah. More dynamic. There you go. That's a good. Yeah. Word. That's a better way yeah. to put it. Yeah. More dynamic than Morgan's outfit. I don't. Think. <laughs> 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 yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so. uh I'm not a fan of the uh, like. I guess it's Australian accent through the gold uh, like voice changer. It just just sounds weird <laughs> with Osiris. Yeah, well, that's, that's her. That's her native accent, though. Right, she, she's from mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it just. And Lee just, Sloman is from Australia originally, but right, it just. I don't yeah, know, it, just, it, I don't know. I've always liked the Australian accent, so <laughs> I think it's just the gold layer on top that ruins yeah. it for me. Yeah, maybe that's what we have with the. With the head toker lady, um, who doesn't stick around very long, so I didn't write her name down. So, Renal, <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. Renal, yeah, yeah, Renal, Renal. Well, yeah. she sticks around through the first episode at least. Yeah, yeah. But she's kind of the, she, she's like what the third or fourth woman who liaisons with SGC. Yeah, in, that we've had so far with the Tokra. Yeah. But she seemed more less head counsel and more scientific i'm the one creating this poison or or researching it and i'm I'm gonna actually give you the information you need to do the mission uh, yeah did she though somewhat yeah. well, well let, uh, then, I, osiris was kind of a, a, a twist in the plot that you yeah. can't blame on them so but but they gave okay they gave jack daniel jackson a vial of it but they didn't actually give him any like they weren't handing carter like here's the Here's the chemical makeup. To make it, yeah. <laughs> well, they did. They did at, at the end. Yeah, right. Okay. Like a disc. Yeah. Necessity. <laughs> when they're uh, yeah. Actually, they didn't. Carter right. took it. Oh, that's right. She did. Yeah. Well, we're she took it. Moving under on to direct. Next, yeah. Sorry. Next one. <laughs> yeah. We're but, trying uh, not. We're trying not to cut into the next episode because <laughs> this is a two-parter that really fits together well. Yeah. 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 It's so confusing. Right into it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Carter does get into it with with Renault or whatever about uh, Martuf's brain. Yep. About yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a the scene doesn't really resolve her. itself. Yeah, it's like where where's Martuf? It's like oh well, we dissected his brain because we wanted to learn more about Zaytark uh. detectors and uh, or Zaytarks, well, and they're like, well, you didn't have to like dissect his brain. They're like, yeah, we did, but we got land like Lantash out, and so there's this mm-hmm. big there's this big hullabaloo. Over yeah. whether or not they actually care about could the host or not, right? Could yeah. you've sh- could you've saved the host? And it, I mean, this is just kind of I feel like been telegraphed by the Toker and the Gould is that the ho- the symbiote is really the one in charge, and <laughs> the Tokra are nicer to their hosts, but 
they're still the one who lets the host talk. It's like yeah. they got the mm. upper hand in that in that relationship. Uh, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, no, there's. I, agree. I think there really is a sense that the uh, um that the the symbiote was kind of the leading group because the symbiote was older, had more knowledge. I mean, and I think that's that's the thing with the Tokra is it really is more of you take charge because you know more what's going on mm-hmm. and you've got more experience. Um, I, the funny part is I was thinking as we're talking about this is, you know, having the memories of the previous host. And that sounds a lot like the trill from star Trek where, you know, take your, take your drink. Cause we're bringing up star Trek again, but it really does. <laughs> it does sound a lot like the trill, <laughs> you know, but um, with the difference though, that they can switch between the host and the symbiote yeah, and the symbiote, does take the lead in a lot of cases, but only because the symbiote knows. But then again, we see with Jacob mm-hmm. and his symbiote that it's a lot of time it is Jacob talking, but with the knowledge of the symbiote. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. that kind of plays in there too, where, yeah, Renal will be talking, but it's with the knowledge of the symbiote. Mm-hmm. Jacob will be talking, but with the knowledge of his symbiote. So, and I, I don't think, I think we just get Jacob this entire episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't, don't think we hear from Selmac. No. With Renal, we get almost all the 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 ghoul, you know, the the symbiote, and only once does do we hear from like the human host. Yeah, and it's it, in this I case, thought, it's Renal is the symbiote, and yeah. we don't know the name of the host. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've often compared the Gould to a uh, evil trill, but with the trill, <laughs> they're more. Uh, they're more integrated. The gold, it's more, you can flip a switch. And I guess there is kind of a cross-pollination of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, yeah. we see that with, uh, with other cases, with other hosts that have been released from their symbiote. So that mm-hmm. they, they know the knowledge that the symbiote had. So what did y'all think about Jacob's explanation of the, the poison is going to kill the gold? But then it also kill the host, right? And Jacob's like, you're doing them a favor. Yeah, because they would be the the human host is probably hundreds, if not thousands, of years old. Yeah, and has been revived with the sarcophagus. And so, when the ghoul dies, either the host would just die right away, or it would, like we saw with Apophis, it would like mm-hmm. age rapidly into like mm-hmm. a mummy. Yeah. But that's what I was thinking of too. Was Apophis, where you know the yeah. host yeah. within, right. you know, a couple of hours went from, you know, thirties age, you know, looking like he's in his thirties to ancient, like immediate three like hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it was I, like, I, I, uh, I can say like the Indiana Jones scene at the end. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But taking it from a morality perspective, I mean, you're talking about the, the the individual who is taken over by the host, and then. You know, they're arguing at this time. It's only about the Gould that's mm-hmm. arguing that it's a better perspective just to kill the host versus let them, you know, die. But then, then it, it gets expounded to the Jaffa. Well, and yeah, of course, the Jaffa is a whole nother, another question there. Yeah. But I mean, look at, look at Skara where he was, he was under the control of the, the host for only, you know, a couple of years and what he had seen. And he talked about that that he had to face yeah. um, versus again, someone who has been under the control of a, a Gwauld for decades, if not centuries. Mm-hmm. 
and the stuff that they had seen and having to live with, assuming that they could remove the host, kill the host without, or excuse me, kill the, the symbiote without hurting the host. Mm-hmm. The host is still going to have to live with those memories. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gets really dark when you think about the whole like psychology of the ghoul. Like it's kind of like the ultimate violation, having your body completely possessed and used it like a meat puppet for thousands of years. And you can just watch mm-hmm. like, that's yeah. really horrifying when you think about it. Yep. I guess. Yeah. That's, I'm not sure about the morality of it. I don't know if the principle of double effect would apply there. Like you are targeting the gold and you foresee that the hosts will die. Yeah. I, I would uh, definitely say that's, that's a double effect because they are, it is a poison that only affects Gwalwold. So it only affects the symbiote. But the symbiote in the process of dying is going to po- poison its host. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it doesn't, again, the idea that the host will age to where it should be at that point, that's not the intention. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and Jacob makes that clear. That's not the intention to kill the host. It's just going to happen. And the same thing with the Jaffa. It's not the intention to kill the Jaffa. It's the intention to kill the symbiote that they eventually need to survive. But and of course, a, yeah. And later on, that that they they close that loophole. Right. Yeah, right. they close right. that issue very quickly with with something that the Jaffa can survive without the host or without the symbiote. Excuse me. It it is interesting they bring it up here. You know that we're talking about. I, I think that a lot of people you think okay, we're going to qu- kill the Gould and the host will die. Okay, I think I think that's kind of okay to get behind in a way. But then when you talk about killing the Jaffa who had no say in the matter this is their life it's it's and i love the way stargate kind of skirts it and then backs up and like okay we're not gonna we're not gonna tackle that right now yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but they bring it up and it makes you think about it and you're like ooh, that makes you uncomfortable yeah i was just worried that if daniel does use the poison and like some of it's on his clothes and then he like beams back over to Selmax, you know, Jacob Selmax thing. So like, do they have that like goo that they use on enterprise to, to just to decontaminate you? I don't need a, I don't need the mental image of Selmax, of Jacob, Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was, I was just worried that like, you know, he'd bring it back and then like some would be like, Great job on your mission, ah, you know, and die because and well, this, this, this is where where Daniel starts getting a little bit more buff, so maybe people would want to see that yeah. that kind of uh, disinfected yeah. scene. No, that's later season that he gets yeah. much more. Yeah, uh, he just beams back, and uh, Jacob has a in ninety five mask on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I guess oh, another thing, and I I don't like with the Jaffa. It's sort of analogous to just in combat generally, like if there's a draft in a war, like how many of those people really want to be there? They just have to be there. And Mm -hmm. that just gets into the whole morality of just war in general. And is it okay to use chemical weapons? Like I know there's a big taboo against chemical weapons, at least right now, culturally. And I think a lot of that just has to do with how horrible world war one is. But when you really get down to it is using that worse than just planting a bomb. I, I will say that, you know, I, I mean, I'm not an expert on like Geneva Convention and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, that is the kind of the, the secular version of just war that we operate under in theory. 
and I'm, I'm going to leave it at it in theory because there's a lot of debate <laughs> yeah. whether or not wars that we have fought in recent memory mm -hmm. has been just wars. And that has been a, a very serious concern in the church because of the weapons we have now. But as far as chemical weapons, um, I think it's been pretty well understood because of how indiscriminate they are. Mm -hmm. You know, if you spray uh, chemical weapons like mustard gas or a biological weapon in a, a war zone and they're innocent civilians, you can't stop that from spreading onto them. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, if the wind blows from the front lines into a town and that mustard gas blows into town, you can't stop it from killing civilians. And that's the biggest concern. And they know? had that. And, yeah. They even had that I, happen in the trenches. And, sorry. Yeah. Uh, in World War One, they'd blow it, and the wind would change, and it'd come right back on your soldiers. So it'd you come can't back even on them. It. You would have the non-combatants behind the lines who are like chaplains and uh, medical officials and people like that who are affected by it. Um, so that's that. It's just it's such an indiscriminate, cruel weapon. It's mm -hmm. one thing you know, you, you you fire a bullet that will affect one person. You fire a chemical weapon that'll fire that'll that could affect upwards of hundreds of people, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so that's that's why things like Geneva Convention, and of course why things like nuclear weapons and stuff like that are such big concerns. There are no ways to really control them in a way that can only affect that soldier that's mm -hmm. right in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so and of course getting into just war theory that you know you've got combatants and non-combatants and things like that those who are, um you have to restrict your warfare to the actual people who are fighting the war. And then that's why there's, you know, again, concern with, with wars uh, today, whether or not they really have ever been just wars in recent history because of all that, you know, that, and that's, that's stuff that, that uh, between, you know, studying the theology of just war and studying things like how you do warfare, mm -hmm. it really is major concern so it's it's understandable where like is this chemical something that can be controlled is this chemical that's something that can only affect uh those who are combatants as we understand it and so on so yeah it's 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 legitimate arguments it really is mm -hmm. yeah and you kind of get i feel like you get a little bit little bit of that in this episode where the issue of morality comes into play but at the same time it's this is the only effective way you can actually do this. And so at what point are you like, I'm not going to do this because it's immoral, but there is no other way to do it. So you get a lot of that there. And yep. I like that they, I like that they touch on that. I feel like that's mm -hmm. something they could delve into more, but mm -hmm. you know, you got 45 minutes. So how much can you do? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and well, this that's, isn't that's... the, this isn't the last ghouled killing super weapon we, yeah. we run into anyway so yeah <laughs> it comes back up it comes back this around. argument comes up back and that, that was yeah. a nice thing you know when we we talked to uh joseph malazzi a couple of weeks ago where he brought up the you know the we had some of these these moral issues that we wanted to talk about and we were able to mm -hmm. and they were able to do that and stargate sg1 and atlantis and even stargate universe talked about a lot of these kind of moral issues so that's and that's one thing that makes them great is they're not afraid to shy away from it yeah Awesome. Yeah. So episode kind of, I like how we get, uh, get the end with Osiris. She's got her dagger at Daniel. We yep. cut to black and that's his yep. whole, his whole thing where originally he was on board with the mission, but once Osiris mm -hmm. is there, he does not want to kill Sarah. So that throws yep. a wrench in the works for him. Just, once again, his, his, uh, 
his love, his lover, his wannabe yeah. lover, or his you know girlfriend or wife is there, and all <laughs> of a sudden his morality changes. Which you had, they had to anticipate. You're sending Daniel into this, right? Yeah. You had to anticipate. <laughs> like, yeah. With him, when does it ever go just exactly right? Like, there's always something that comes up. So. I don't know. I, I love that scene where, where Jacob's like, it has to be a human or it has to be someone who understands fluent Gould, right? And then they yep. look at, I think they looked at Teal'c and then they're like, no, 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 it has to be, you know, it was just, it was just perfect because it's like, what, me, huh? You know? Yeah. And everybody's like, well, it has to be human. And so, of course, everybody's kind of looking around and it has to be someone who is fluent. Teal'c's like, well, I can't go because I'm, I'm Jaffa. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and you notice Daniel doesn't have any qualms originally. He's just like, okay, I, I got it. And he's got yeah. the picture. They pan his desk, and then he's got the picture of Charay. Yeah, that was a nice touch. That was a well, nice and, touch to have her. And there. they did kind of play it where he was questioning. Mm-hmm. And they actually, you know, and they did. And I think they did that on purpose to show that he was questioning whether or not to do this. But then there was a conversation with, between him and Tilk, and he says, and that's why I've decided to do it. Yeah. Yeah, like there's no other option. This is what we got to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the way that they costumed Osiris. Mm. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I, I thought you know you got all the I'll just say the weird female costumes <laughs> going on in this episode for the for the gold. What? You know, you got uh, we're not gonna talk about that. Like there's some weirdness, and then you've got her, and I just I just love the way she comes in with all of the confidence and arrogance and you know authority and the way she perches on the edge of her seat and her i don't even know what that is like gold thing and i don't know i thought she looked fabulous i loved it (laughs) (laughs) it actually looked a little bit more contemporary Mm -hmm. relatively speaking because again you know all the other ones are dressed like different ancient cultures yeah Mm -hmm. you know you is dressed like an ancient asian culture and you know all these other ones and she looks, I mean, more contemporary. I can't, I can't, I'm not a fashion expert. Yeah. So I can't say if it would have been, but it looked at least, you know, more contemporary than. <laughs> I think she reminded me of a Barbie doll I had in the late seventies. I'm just going to say okay, like probably. disco Barbie. I don't know. <laughs> so more contemporary. With like gold lame. I don't know. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I like that. They didn't go with the very like stereotypical kind of ancient Egyptian look mm. that we've gotten mm-hmm. previously with the yep. Egyptian based gold. So well, that was fun. Maybe because she's Osiris, which is an Egyptian God, but it's more of a traditionally male Egyptian God, right? Well, yeah. Well, and they touched on that. Yeah. yeah. And it's a female with a male Egyptian God. And, and they, so I don't know, maybe they just saw that as a, Hey, let's just dress yeah, her in well, something they, cool. They, she should have dressed more butch than like with overall. Like, <laughs> Well, they, they did bring that up where it's just yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. you're Zipcata, you usually yeah. pick male. Why this female? And it's just kind of like, I didn't have a choice in the matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She was the one that was available. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that scene for a second. Cause y'all just reminded me of that. Like, was that not just the most awkward? He's like in her face. Okay. I'm a girl. Y'all are not, but like yeah. he's in her face and he's just, I don't know. It was so awkward and so uncomfortable. And I'm just He's totally hitting on ah, her. I mean, yeah. It's just a weird no. dude. It was weird. Zepicana yeah. though is just yeah. I mean, he's a good actor. The, the yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. The guy who plays him is a great actor. But the character is so strange. Over the top. Again, yeah. a gold. 
Yeah, yeah, he fit the he fit the gold, but she just she just did a good job of like whatever, dude. I'm here for the power and step back well, a bit, like. Ugh. Well, and when he we he was talking about you know I, I'm not here to compete with you. I want something more from you, and and it's like. Is he seriously going to say, like, even though you're normally a guy, I want you to be my queen type of thing? Yeah. I mean- <laughs> that was the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. He's I just, didn't like it. This is what people with uh, MLMs, you know, those multi-level marketing things, that's just, what, that's just how they talk. <laughs> it's like, hey, I think you'd be really great for this thing I got going on in my house. You're like, oh, really? Yeah. Let, let me tell you about Pampered Chef. Uh, yeah. I just ticked off our Pampered Chef fans. but. <laughs> He he just he plays like the conniving, creepy sleaze ball really well. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Yes, he did. He he excelled at that. But then, yeah. of course, he becomes you know kind of a bad badass character going bombing the planet. I mean, so yeah. there is that. He yeah, he got the he got the Tokra on the run. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. He's more than just a creepy face. I guess you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great place to end. <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh did you have any other thoughts on this episode now of course they had to do the you know they come up with this great wonder poison that takes weeks to recreate oh, of course this That's little vial was all they yeah. had of course. and it takes weeks it's not something like they can punch a couple of buttons and poof there it is yep yeah they're like carter took jacob took all that we have yeah yeah this whole like, have like you know, one of those four ounces of each, just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, with the different flavors. <laughs> yeah, and you just hold down the two flavors, and it creates the uh, gold toxin there. <laughs> they only made enough for this <laughs> one thing, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, before we go, we'd like to uh, take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret to Stargate, including Charles M, uh, Les, Barbara L, Irving N, and Jacob J. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secret to Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give and be sure to follow all the shows in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or on Twitter at SQPN. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Last Stand. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me in sharing the secret to Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. It's always suicide mission this, save the planet that. Nobody stops by just to say hi anymore. <laughs> Such, so sad. Such a loss. Once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to The Secret to Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World. Find the show wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash mysterious. <laughs>